Hey friends, did you know that you can come hang out with me in real life? That's right. The Work In Podcast and Savage Grace Coaching makes its home in a boutique studio space called The Loft Yoga and Wellness in historic downtown Spring Valley, Ohio. This hidden gem of the Miami Valley is nestled in between Dayton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. As a part of my mission to bring a legacy of resilience through movement, each month you can join me for a hike on the bike trail, followed by a free trauma-informed vinyasa class back at the studio on Main Street. Go to savagegracecoaching.com to see the calendar and join my newsletter, A Yoga Life on Main Street, to stay up to date on all the latest studio news, events, and gossip. And now... On to this week's episode. So that intention that we set, this is part of the flex in our flex and flow. It's the strong backbone that you can come back to and lean on when real life gets in the way. Now, you can take conscious action with that strong, intentional backbone in small, bite-sized steps to move yourself closer to that intention. It's time to stop working out and start working in. You found the Work In Podcast for fitpreneurs and their health-conscious clients. This podcast is for resilient wellness professionals who want to expand their professional credibility, shake off stress, and thrive in a burnout-proof career with conversations on the fitness industry, movement, nutrition, sleep, mindset, nervous system health, yoga, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Erica Thomas. I'm a resilience coach and fitpreneur offering an authentic, actionable, realistic approach to personal and professional balance for coaches in any format. The Work In is brought to you by Savage Grace Coaching, bringing resilience through movement, action, and accountability. Private sessions, small groups, and corporate presentations are available now. Visit savagegracecoaching.com to schedule a call and get all the details. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to The Work In. At the time of this recording, it is the first or second week in... January of 2023. So I'm curious, how is the new year going for you? Did you kick off things with a bang or a whimper? Did you wake up on January 1st with your mind focused and calm and full of all the great plans you have and ready to execute them? Or maybe you rolled over and buried your head under your pillow still overwhelmed with all the things that you didn't quite get accomplished from last year. Either way, today is an opportunity. Now, last episode, we chatted with my friend Brian Burnerman from Conscious Action, and we discussed some of the reasons why people get stuck behind New Year's resolutions and goal setting in general as well as the importance of lifting awareness in order to make positive, long-lasting changes. And so if you missed that episode, 
It's episode 102, and I highly recommend that you go back and check it out. It'll give you a little bit of context for what we're going to talk about today. I wanted to follow up on that conversation because what used to be a really commonplace practice of setting New Year's resolutions for January 1st and goal setting in general has really fallen out of favor, becoming yet another casualty of our culture's black and white thinking. So I'd like to offer an alternative for this year with the caveat that while it's great to think about new things and new goals at the beginning of the new year, it's not necessary to start them at the beginning of the new year. Because it's important to remember that we can change and update those intentions any time of the year. In fact, I have a teacher who waits till springtime to start new things. And that makes sense, right? That happens in nature. In nature, we don't start fresh in the middle of winter. It goes against nature, actually. Most of the animals out there are hibernating. And so maybe people should give ourselves a little bit of slack there as well. We can make intentional changes and choices really any time of the year in both personal and professional life, and it doesn't have to be this big, hairy thing. So I would argue that maybe we should, if we want to continue to grow and change for the better, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Because without those conscious changes kind of rolling through on the fly, at some point we start to stagnate. So this is what we're talking about with black and white thinking, right? Where we set a goal and if it doesn't seem to be going the way we had intended or the way we imagined or the way we expected, we tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater when might be better to be able to kind of go with that flow and update it and change it. So I'd like to introduce you to the concept of flex and flow. Now, for those of you in the fitness industry, you might be familiar with that on a physical level, or if you've ever taken a movement or yoga class that might've been titled along those lines, You might be a little bit familiar with it, but basically a flex and flow type of movement class is where you hold certain poses or isometric strength positions for a certain amount of time, and then you move into a flow through the range of motion, perhaps into the next position. And things like that were great in yoga, Pilates, or core classes, but with other formats, they can work as well. I'm sure if you just apply a little bit of creativity, you might be able to to think of some of those. But today we're going to apply that same concept of flex and flow to setting, keeping, and succeeding with intentional goals. There are three mistakes that come up for people when they go about setting goals that tend to keep them in this loop of failure. And these three really stand out to me, mostly because I found that I've been guilty of all of these at some point. So let's dive in. The first one is leaving a vacuum. And 
This is important because many traditional New Year's resolutions kind of skew to the negative, meaning that you're trying to remove a habit or quit doing something. So in other words, your goal is to stop or quit doing something that you consider quote unquote bad. So first let's reframe that a little bit by saying unhelpful instead of bad. My guest last week, Brian Burnerman, talked uh, about that quite a bit. And we discussed how everything we do, whether it's consciously choosing to do a particular thing, or it's something that we do on autopilot, all of those behavior patterns, they serve us in some way. Some of those are helpful. They could be helpful behavior patterns. Some might have been helpful to us at one time and are no longer helpful now, but they're deeply ingrained. And some could simply be completely unconscious actions that we've always done that have always been with us. But as we become more aware, now we know aren't helpful anymore and maybe they never have been. For example, when we're speaking about negative thought patterns and negative self-talk, that's very internal and tends to come from our earliest moments of thought in general. So trying to remove or stop a deeply ingrained habit is very difficult, and it's nearly impossible most times because as soon as you stop doing it, you are creating a vacuum. And if you leave that vacuum, it can be a problem because something is missing and that space needs to be filled. If we're not consciously replacing that habit with something that we want to do instead, then it can be just as likely that either some other unhelpful unhelpful habit will move into that space, or we will simply fall back into that old unhelpful habit because it's so familiar to us. So when you become aware of something that you want to stop doing, rather than simply saying, stop doing it, we need to offer ourselves something to replace it with. Ideally, it would be something completely opposite to balance out that lost habit, right? That negative habit, something completely opposite to replace it. Otherwise, again, that vacuum will simply suck you back in to that unhelpful pattern. It's kind of like training puppies. You can tell them over and over again not to eat your socks, but Unless and until you tell them what you want them to do instead, like here, chew on the antler, or here is a good Kong that would be better for you, they will keep eating your socks and most likely move on to your underwear or the toilet paper roll or anything else they can get their mouth on. The second mistake people make in this whole New Year's resolution goal setting time of year is diluting your motivation. And what that means 
is that we overestimate how much we can realistically accomplish on a consistent basis. And I am very guilty of this. Basically, your list of goals is too long. The number of habits that you want to change or the number of new things that you want to bring into your life is too high. Now, it is true that willpower and motivation are renewable resources for us. But what is just as true is that they happen to be a very limited resource. We only get so much of them each day. And as your energy wanes through the day, so does your level of willpower and motivation to do anything, even the stuff stuff that you're not trying to change. The more you're trying to do, the more you're trying to change, the more diluted your available motivation becomes until by 2.30, 3.30 in the afternoon, you're rating the chocolate chips at the back of the pantry or the snacks or um, giving up completely on what it was that you had intended for the day. Now, maybe that's just me about the chocolate chips, but everybody has their thing, right? Their temptation. Instead of creating this unrealistic, long, long list of really great things, we can curate some of those goals down to an overall intention rather than a big, long list of individual things. So instead of trying to do everything, every day, out of the blue, let's focus on one thing that might be small, but that you can guarantee successfully accomplishing on a consistent basis. Every time you do, you build another layer of trust in yourself, which then in turn builds strength. It's like flexing your willpower and motivation. This is the exact concept from the four agreements of being impeccable with your word. That happens to be my mantra with a lot of things, specifically every time I make my bed. I think to myself, be impeccable with your word because you told yourself that you were going to make your bed every single day. The third and final mistake that I think gets in people's way is all or nothing. This idea of all or nothing. And this one is a killer and the number one symptom of perfectionists everywhere. Black and white thinking shows up for most people at some point in their lives. In goal setting, It's when you set a goal for something, let's say, for example, to walk three miles every morning and the day that you can't go, let's say it's Wednesday morning and you can't get out to walk for three miles on a Wednesday morning, that counts as a failure. And rather than walking later in the day or going out again on Thursday, you decide there's no point and maybe you'll start this again on Monday. So now you've lost most of the week, if you ever come back on Monday. Here you are trying to create a new healthy walking habit, but every time you quit, you're actually reinforcing this habit of giving up, not to mention reinforcing all of the negative thought patterns that are going on under the surface of those decisions. 
Your brain is constantly looking for evidence that you won't or that you can't succeed. It's sort of a twisted survival mechanism to kind of keep you in comfort because anything that creates discomfort um, can be scary for that primitive brain for our survival response. But the same thing often happens with diets, right? I'm sure you have been or seen other people do the same thing. It's one of the reasons that people hate dieting. And of course, you know, you've heard me say before on this podcast that diets, we shouldn't really do a diet anyway. And this is one of the reasons. Um, But of course, you're going to hate dieting because all or nothing dieting can make you feel like a failure every single day. It's just unrealistic, but it's not because you are a failure or even that you have failed by skipping a day. It's because all or nothing thinking gets in the way of true long-term success in any goal, whether that's a a diet-based goal or a movement-based goal or or a sleep-based goal or a business-based goal. It doesn't matter. All or nothing nothing thinking is really not going to serve you. So how do we address these three very human patterns if we want to become more intentional about our choices in the new year? Well, let's apply our flex and flow concept and reframe how we approach our goals from the start. First, we're going to scrap the term goal and instead use the word intention. And in some cases, that might remove the specificity of what we want to have happen. It might remove the smallness, if you will, from the actual behaviors that you'll be doing. But stay with me here because I think it's really important. What we want to understand and really become aware of is our deeper why of what it is we want because that's what sticks with us. Intentions are much closer to that why than a simple checklist of repeated actions that you may want to take on any given day. So for example, maybe a typical goal list would include something like quitting sugar, eating a pound of vegetables every day, drinking eight glasses of water, and walking three miles every day. But think about what is the overall intention behind all of those things. Because you're capable of all of those things individually, but all of them will fall under a single intention, most likely, most likely along the lines of improving your overall health, right? Now, this type of intention setting might fly in the face of all of those health coaches and personal trainers out there trying to get their clients to set measurable goals. And I totally get that because I was there. I was one of you. But anyone can do that, can set a measurable goal for a limited amount of time. Anybody can. This is the problem with behavior change. We can get anybody to change their behavior for 30 days, even 60 days, even 90 days, and successfully reach a particular time-restricted goal for that moment in time. But what we're talking about here today and what I'm more interested in is giving people some skills 
for a lifetime of living healthy in the real world. So it's not what you can do for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. It's what you're willing to do and stay doing forever. So that intention that we set, this is part of the flex in our flex and flow. It's the strong backbone that you can come back to and lean on when real life gets in the way. Now, you can take conscious action with that strong, intentional backbone in small, bite-sized steps to move yourself closer to that intention. So you can now make a list that falls underneath that intention. I'm particularly fond of lists, as you know. Maybe you are too. So like the list that we had above, quitting sugar, eating a pound of vegetables every day, drinking eight glasses of water, walking three miles a day, that might be included on this overall intention setting for the year of getting healthy right? And some of those things on your list might require big willpower. Some might feel small, but we don't want to or even need to do them all, all at once. You can start with those little things, maybe the smallest thing on that list that will let you show up in your intention every single day with success. And maybe you're not doing the same small thing every day, but you are doing one every day. So if some days you hit some kind of obstacle, then you can choose something else from that list to fill it in. In another example for um, that we can we can talk about, let's say you're a runner in training for something, and one day the weather just does not cooperate because it's January or February and it doesn't always do that. So rather than uh, just giving up on all movement, perhaps you choose something else that could support your body in a particular way. An online yoga class or strength training, something to balance out Uh, or cross-train those running muscles. Did you run that day? No. But did you fail? No, because your intention is training for that particular event and you're still moving yourself towards that event. So with the solid intention, that flex, now everything you do in your day can now support that intention, not just those checkbox kind of goals. You can engage with the whole process with more joy, more ease in the effort, which is a lovely thing. And now if one day you don't get all those vegetables, perhaps you're taking a vacation or uh, traveling for work, it's not the end of the world because some other healthy piece to that intention may have been going on. That is the flow. That conscious action within your intention, that is the flow. Now, I've been using a lot of fitness and health examples today, but flex and flow intention setting works other places too. So you could take a business example. 
Maybe you're looking to grow your business. You could set an income goal like so many people do at the beginning of the year. Or you could stay with that strong intention of business growth and start to think outside the box of what that might mean. One of those looks at only numbers in your bank account, right? An income goal. In order to grow, though, you may need to do some other things. You may need to actually spend some money. You might need to hire. You might need to invest in yourself or new technology or marketing. Maybe you need to pivot your business a little bit to grow. But as long as your intention of growth is very clear and very strong, then all of those possibilities can be on the table. There's less fighting the bottom line or struggling against that list, especially if we miss some of those checked boxes. This is flex and flow. One of the points that Brian Burnerman touched on last week's podcast was the idea of becoming more self-aware. And this is a really important piece to discovering what we want our intentions to be from the start. Often we're choosing things that maybe we believe are healthy goals, but basing those choices on something external to us like maybe it's body weight or how we look in our clothes or maybe in a business setting, how much money we're earning as a measure of success. But often it's things that we think we should be doing in order for us to succeed, not necessarily things that we want to be doing. So I humbly suggest that achieving all of those things or even any of those things, are really side effects of a properly aligned intention. Intentions that allow you to stand strong in your core beliefs, be flexible in how you respond to life's challenges rather than simply reacting, and ultimately building trust in yourself on your path to success. That is flex and flow. Give it a try this year. Thanks for listening to The Work In. Be sure to head over to savagegracecoaching.com forward slash The Work In for all of the show notes. And if you like what you heard today and you're an independent coach, creator, or entrepreneur who's looking for actionable, authentic accountability, or just someone to bounce ideas off of for a little focus and direction in your business in the new year, head over to savagegracecoaching.com. Our newest clarity session packages are now open. Get two private coaching sessions to reset your focus, direction, action, and mindset. Whether you're stuck on the starting block of your business or looking to burnout-proof your career, Savage Grace Coaching can help you get back on track. That's savagegracecoaching.com forward slash clarity. And I'll see you next time on The Work In.